Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA. Uniting sports fans everywhere, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. If God wasn't in my life, I really don't know how I would get through it, how, how I would play this game. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. As people, we get caught up in, I can do it, without allowing God to come and work and actually be the center of it all. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. He knows I'm not perfect. I'm not going to be right all the time. But I'm going to continue to love him first and foremost. Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you. Today on the show, we will be joined by the Hall of Famer, Rod Woodson. He's one of the the best players to ever play in the secondary in the NFL. He played both cornerback and free safety and, and played for multiple teams. Had a really interesting career. Spent 10 years in Pittsburgh and probably had a Hall of Fame career there. And then he uh, goes on to to win a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens and, and spent some time with, with San Francisco and Oakland as well. And so we'll ask him all about his, his career, but also his faith journey and what he's up to now as an analyst with the NFL Network. And, and so I think you'll really enjoy uh, his perspective on things. And he's a great analyst and he was actually a coach uh, recently with the Oakland Raiders as well. And so he's just a football guy and, and really looking forward to having him a part of the show today. At the end of Unpacking It, we always do our segment, Unpack This. And so today's topic is about the Kansas City Chiefs and their new defensive coordinator and, and kind of their, their new strategy and approach on defense and how it relates to our own lives, how it relates to faith. And so uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, check out our website, unpackingit.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Bryce Radio. We thank all of our great listeners and affiliates for tuning in today and each week. And, and those of you listening on Sports Byline USA, Sirius XM Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio, TuneIn Radio, and the iHeartRadio app. Glad to have you. Rod Woodson joins us next. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. It's Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Our website is unpackingit.com. You can also email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. And joining us now is Pro Football Hall of Famer and Super Bowl winner, Rod Woodson. He played 17 years in the NFL after being drafted 10th overall by the Pittsburgh Steelers. After 10 seasons with the Steelers, he also spent time with the 49ers and Raiders and won a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens. He played his college football at Purdue and grew up in Indiana. Since his final season in 2003, he has spent time as an NFL analyst and as a coach with the Raiders. He is currently an analyst with the NFL Network. 
He is a husband and a father of five. We are thrilled to have the great Rod Woodson on Unpacking It today. Rod, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Man, I am doing outstanding. Thanks for having me on. Great to hear. And, and I guess first up, how has the summer been going? What, what have you been up to this summer? Uh, this summer, I just, uh, I just moved. I uh, oh. just moved to Las Vegas, Nevada from uh, the Bay Area. So got out of the uh, uh, high prices to the high heat. Wow. <laughs> from one to the other. But, uh, but it's awesome. Um, you know, it's a lot cheaper here. Uh, so in retirement, when I do retire, um, it'll be a little bit better for the family and in my pocketbook. And uh, so I've been doing that. Um, I did that, you know, probably about a month and a half ago. And then uh, now I'm, I'm doing some stuff with uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy. So it's an academy we started uh, almost, well, this is our fourth year, but um, our third full year that we do camps. Um, and we were in Canton, Ohio. We had some All-Americans uh, come through. Then we had some rising high school uh, players come through and then with some international players. And then we had our youth program come through throughout the whole week. So we were there the whole week uh, going through uh, football settings with them and life skills. And then we take that same model and we take that internationally. Wow. And we've gone to Mexico. We've gone to France. We've gone to Germany. So uh, doing that and trying to grow that. Uh, and then last last year, I had the, our first inaugural World Bowl that we did in Mexico city. So we took all the three star, four star players, five star players in the U S about 55 of them. And we blended in like three native born Mexicans. And then we blended in, I think three, it was two guys from the Netherlands, two guys from France. Uh, they came over in Mexico, played in a, like a, a all-star game. Um, so we did that last year for the first time. We're going to do it again. We also did the first, um, the early signing period that we now have in college in early December. Yeah. We did that, uh, um, same thing in Mexico city, um, on CBS sport. So it's been, it's been fun. It's been busy. Yeah, no question. Well, so what is your role specifically then with the Academy? Well, I'm kind of the uh, overall sports person for the Academy, but then, you know, we do our breakout sessions. I'm, I, I do take the DBs, and sometimes I'm the defense coordinator. Um, but I, I'm the person um, that's going to talk to them. But we, all, we we let all our coaches, you know, speak to them, and all the everybody that's involved with the camp um, has been in the National Football League, and that's where all these guys want to play. So um, as much as they can speak to them, uh, I think it's better for them. Absolutely. Rod Woodson, our guest right now on Unpacking It, Pro Football Hall of Famer. And and and, and speaking of, of being a Hall of Famer and, and continuing to, to be associated you know, with this academy, but just being one of the, the members of, of the Hall of Fame. Now, you, you were inducted in 2009. What, what's maybe the, the best part of being a Hall of Famer? What, what does it mean to you to be a Hall of Famer? Well, I can say, you know, it would be great if I said it gave me special privileges at home, but it doesn't. <laughs> I, I, I still got to take out the trash. Yep. I still got to clean the toilets. I still got to go get the groceries. So it doesn't give me any special privileges here. I love it. But, um, you know, I, I, you know I, but I think, you know, for being an ex-player, you know, when, especially when you think about the NFL, only about 27,000 people have signed an NFL contract. Mm. And it's only like it sounds like, and it's only like three hundred and thirty some odd guys who've been inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, 
it's a small, it's a small group. Um, you know, I'm very blessed to, uh, had a lot of natural talent, uh, but along with that, I've had some great coaches when I first got to came in the league, especially when I went to Pittsburgh, you know, I had Tony Dungy as my defensive coordinator, my defensive back coach. And then John Fox, uh, who play, who was a coach for a long time in the national football. Like he was a rookie coach that came in after that. And a guy oh, named Rod Rust came in after that. And then after those guys left and Chuck Noel was there and Chuck Noel retired after the five years, uh, Bill Cowher, Don Capers and Dick LeBeau came in. Mm. So I had those guys for five more years. So I, I just been, you know, I, I've been overly blessed with having some great mentors as coaches in my life, especially when I first came in. Rod Woodson, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And and so in speaking about the, the Hall of Fame, and of course in a couple of weeks we'll, we'll see the, the next class do their induction speeches, and it's always a, a special day of the year, and I, I love listening to just you know kind of the perspective of, of different guys as they look back on their life and career. But when you gave your speech, it really was more about faith and family even than it was about football. So, so what was your approach to your speech, and, and what did you want your message to be when you were given that, that platform? Well, you know, that's a tough one because, you know, you, you know, and as I said in my speech, no island is unto himself, you know, um, you know, you don't do this stuff on your own. There's a lot of people behind you who do a lot of things for you as you're a kid going all the way up through, you know, high school or little league to high school, to college, to the pros. And so the first thing you do, you're trying not to to try not to forget any of those important people to think of. That's the first thing. Mm. And then the secondly, you're trying not to overly get sensitive and overly emotional and just cry when you can't talk, <laughs> you know, and because yep. you're, because you're going to thank the people that you love, you know, especially when you start thinking your mom and, and your wife and your children, you know, that's, that's an emotional part of it. Um, you know, um, so that, you know, you, you try to get through that barrier but I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, it's it's a platform where that's the first time the mass audience gets to see who the individual player is. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you're trying to tell your story uh, in a decent time frame, uh, even though I, 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 I went pretty long, <laughs> but in a decent time frame where, you know, you're not making everybody extremely bored in the audience because you got eight more guys behind you or five more guys behind you, you know, but you don't want to forget anybody. I, to me, that was the biggest thing that I want to tell my story. I want them to let, I want them to let them know who I was as a person, but I want to thank everybody who helped me get to that point. Rod Woodson, our guest right now. And, and you mentioned, you know, all these different coaches that, that had such a big impact on your career and then following your career, you've, you've been able to spend some time as a coach, and, and you were with the Oakland Raiders a, a few years ago. So, so what did you enjoy most about being a coach, and, and what kind of drew you to pursue that? Well, I, I mean, I always wanted to coach. Um, you know, I had the opportunity when Bill Cowher first retired, uh, or first, excuse me, when, Bill, when I first retired and Bill was in, in Pittsburgh, you know, he offered me the DB job. And at that moment, I wasn't ready mentally. Mm. When you spend, you know, 17 years in the National Football League playing, it's hard to wrap your head around what you're going to do for coaching because you know the coaches are going to spend more time in the building. At that time, my kids were younger, but I always had that itch to do it because I always coached all my kids, you know, their little teams when they were younger. So I always had that urge. Um, but for me, it was to give back to what was given to me. You know, what Tony taught me, what Dick taught me, 
what Chuck taught me, what some of my peers taught me, you know, all those things that I remember and some of the things I taught myself over the course of my 17 years that to give that back to the younger audience, the younger players. So hopefully they can somehow put that on their tool belt and use that to make them a better player and a better person. Um, that's one of the main reasons I did it, you know, and, and it was fun. I enjoyed my room. I enjoyed my guys. I had a great time uh, speaking life into those guys and speaking football into those guys. Mm. We won some football games. We didn't win enough. Uh, that's why we got fired. But, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a cycle of life uh, yeah. in sports. You know, if you don't win, you get fired. <laughs> that's right. No question. Well, Rod, let's take a quick break, but we're just getting started. So much more to get into with the Hall of Famer, Rod Woodson, right here on Unpacking It, our website, unpackingit.com. You can also find our podcast in Apple Podcasts and anywhere podcasts are found. More Unpacking It right after this. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. We're unpacking sports, faith, and life with Rod Woodson, and I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you today. Be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. And while you're there, subscribe to our weekday email devotional. We call it Unpack This. And it's a quick thought about sports, faith, and life that we send out through email each weekday. And so you can subscribe for free on unpackingit.com. Rod Woodson, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's a Pro Football Hall of Famer, a Super Bowl winner, spent 17 years in the NFL. And in, in speaking about you know being a coach, but, but also while you were playing, you were known for your leadership and, and teams brought you in to, to be a leader and, and to you know, be a, an important voice in the locker room. What, what did you learn about leadership from, from initially watching others and, and even a lot of the coaches that you've mentioned but, but then what was your strategy as a leader? What, what type of leader were you and, and, and continue to be? Well, I, I think, you know, first to be a leader, you have to be able to lead yourself. You know, you have to be able to lead yourself on a consistent basis uh, of doing the right thing, being a pro, as we would call it. And being a pro is a, you know, if the meeting starts at 8, you can't show up at 8. I need mm. you to be there at 745, 750. Um, so you can get ready to settle in. Always be prepared to to listen, always be prepared to write something down because you never know what your coach might say. Um, he might say something that's not football related. It's life related and it strikes a chord with you and you can write that down and, and, and use that for the rest of your life. And, you know, some of the things I did throughout my career and then, and I felt there was an obligation on my behalf as I became an older player to be that guy, mm. you know, to be that voice in the locker room to be, you know, when I went to Baltimore, you know, Ray Lewis was a third year player. He was a baby. Mm. You know, all those guys are babies. And, you know, normally when you, when you look at a locker room, everybody's seated in their position groups together. You know, so my locker should have been next to other DBs. Well, they didn't have that. They had my locker right next to Ray Lewis and Peter Buller right by the linebackers. So wow. I knew Marvin wanted me to talk to Ray and Peter about football life. Mm. Um, 
and, and it felt, I felt it was my obligation because Donnie Shell was my roommate when I first came into the league. Wow. Donnie was like in his 13th or 14th year. Um, so you know, I played with Mike Webster. John Stallworth was there in, mm. in Pittsburgh. All those guys poured into me in the year, year and two years that I played with those guys. Um, so I felt it was an obligation to pour back into the younger generation. These guys, and you know, Ray turned out to be arguably one of the best linebackers to ever play in the National Football wow. League. He had tremendous talent, but he had a tremendous work ethic. Um, you know, and I think that's the key. You know, that's something that Chuck Noll told me uh, my rookie year. It's not about talent; it's about two to one mental to physical. Uh, and the guys who learn how to do that and apply it back on the practice field from the meeting rooms. They separate themselves from the average players to the great players. Mm. Good stuff. Gosh, Rod Woodson, our guest right now on Unpacking It, won a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens and, and Ray Lewis, of course, on that team as well. And, and, and Rod, we, we love talking football on this show, but we also uh, just love hearing about our, our guest's faith journey. And, and so we would love to hear a little bit about your story of grace and, and really you know, how Jesus has changed your life and, and continues to change your life. Well, I, I grew up um, Catholic, so my mom was Catholic, my dad was Southern Baptist. That's a heck of a mix, mm. if you can think about it. Um, you know, but we grew up Catholic, going to the Catholic Church. We would go to the uh, Southern Baptist Church uh, on the south side of uh, our hometown in Fort Wayne, Indiana, every blue moon. Uh, but normally we, we belonged to St. Mary's. Uh, we went to catechism classes as I got into uh, my early teens. But then, you know, I, so I was always kind of in and out of my faith growing up, going through it. Um, and then once I got through college, I got married. And I think it was like our third year of marriage when my wife, Nikki, and I we were leaving the uh, the Catholic Church. And we, we were walking down the steps and we just looked at each other and said, you know what, I need more. Mm. Um, and then my wife was um, upstairs in our bedroom. It was probably that same time frame, probably around our our third year of marriage where she came down and said, I gave my, I gave myself to Christ. And she was the first one to literally like physically, you know, you give yourself to Christ, but then she followed Christ. Mm. You know, a lot of people are believers, you know, but people believe in the Easter bunny, mm. you know, people believe in Santa Claus. You know, do you follow Christ? Do you walk with him? Mm. So she, she was really the first one to make, take that true initiative out of our relationship. And then, you know, I, I saw her walk for the, next previous years and then i'm still in and out of really 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 following christ i mean i always believed in him but i i'm talking about really following him and i, I go to baltimore and rod harrison uh was our team chaplain and he kept pouring into me and uh going into my last year there randall cunningham comes in and randall's a senior pastor here in Nevada, over in the Houston area, he has a church over here. But he said something. He said, every time you sin, you persecute Christ again. Hmm. And something, those words resonated with me hmm. and pierced my soul. And I was like, really? You got to say that this morning, right <laughs> now? And that, that was the moment. That was the moment that my life changed. That was the moment that I start following Christ. That was a moment I became a true disciple of Christ, mm. um, and I've been doing it ever since. Amen. Gosh, wow, incredible story. Rod Woodson, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And so this is a little bit later in your NFL career. So 
how did being in the NFL at that time as you're becoming this disciple and, and really seeking the Lord, how was it challenging during that time, and, and how was it maybe an advantage because of the, the chaplains and, and other players surrounding you? Well, it, it's, it's definitely a challenge because this, this is a high testosterone-level job, um, you know, and it's not a, um, a lot of true followers, and you always want to fit in, you know, and, and that's what I kind of did when I first came into the locker room and trying to fit in, where do I belong? How do I belong? How do I fit with the guys? Mm. You know, it, it took, it took, you know, it, it, it was a process for me. And, and God put me through that process to learn, to, to mold me, to build me, to strengthen me. You know, once I got to the point where I realized I could make a stand and had a true belief and had those morals and never cross it. And the guys would still respect me. Mm. And it was the same way when I went to coaching, uh, how do you fit in in the coaching world where every coach wants to cuss players out and belittle them, mm. and that's not who I am? Mm. So how do I seem to be tough but fair without swearing and belittling and breaking guys down? The build, the building them up with God's love and, and encouraging words. So those were that was challenging. But uh, one thing that we found in, in, in Oakland that we we had quite a few men who follow Christ. Yeah. And we, you know, we had, we had a coach's Bible study, uh, every Monday and you know, we had some really good guys there that, you know, we got to pray for each other and to be encouraging each other. We challenged each other when we saw one of the coaches kind of going sideways and, yeah, and, yeah. and not saying what he's going to do. And it, it made us, it made us better coaches, but it made, it made us better men, uh, especially godly men. You know, one thing that we used to say in that room is that we were uh, disciples of Christ disguised as NFL coaches. <laughs> and that's what we really, that's really what we are. Yeah. You know, you know, if, if you're, you're, you're a disciple of Christ disguised as a radio host, that's right. You know, and, 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 and that's how we, that's how we should live. We should all be disciples of Christ. And then whatever, you know, whatever we do in our lives, we're just disguised. God just put us in that place. So, you know, we can be encouraging to maybe just one person. Mm. Um, but it changes that one person's life. And we know that God is all about changing everyone's life, but one soul is better than no souls. Amen. Amen. Rod Woodson, our guest right now on Unpacking It, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winner. Now he's an analyst uh, with NFL Network. And, and so as you've become this, this follower of Jesus and continue to, to follow him, how has that impacted your marriage and, and also your approach as a, a father to, to your five children? Well, marriage is, it's, it's, it's made it better. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, me and my wife, she, my wife gave herself over to God before I did. Yep. Um, so, you know, she keeps, she keeps me, uh, you know, if I, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm not too loving at times yeah. uh, to my kids, cause I have three girls and two boys, uh, she'll get on me uh, a little bit about it saying, you know, you got to be a little bit more encouraging and use your encouraging words. Uh, you know, we still can be challenging to our children because our children are older. You know, we need to set the path for them and show them the way. And then they're, they're going to have their own process that God's going to put them through. So, um, you know, I, I think it's been outstanding. It's been a great move to come here. You know, we're still looking for our church home here. Mm. Um, so we're, we've been kind of going to different places. So we've got we to gotta find that. But, you know, I, I think over the course of time, being, being, a, being a follower of God and Christ, a believer, you know, I think it's made me a better father because it's made me more patient with my kids 
because we know we know the kids can be challenging even when they're in their you know mid probably more challenging in their mid twenties and late twenties. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's made me more understanding uh, than what I used to be. And every time I want to look at that, I always go to Romans twelve, and when it really talks about being a true man of God, mm. and that's kind of like my benchmark yeah. of where I should be. And, if I get too far away from that, I go back and read that that chapter over again to kind of bring me back down to earth. He's Rod Woodson, and we're going to take one more break, but we're going to continue with Rod right after this on Unpacking It. I've got to ask him what he thinks about the 18-game season in the NFL, and I'll, I'll share my thoughts as well, and I think it's a fascinating topic, and so we'll, uh, we'll hear what the Hall of Famer has to say about it. When we come back, our website is unpackingit.com. If you ever miss any part of the show, you can always check our podcast out in Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe there or anywhere else podcasts are found. You can also email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. More with Rod Woodson next. Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and it is time to start thinking about the upcoming fantasy football season. And good news, Unpacking It Ministries has a resource for you that will take you from the draft all the way through the championship. Order your Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook today, and each week, read about a fantasy concept and how it relates to the Bible and our own lives. It's designed for your league to discuss at weekly league meetings, on the phone, or in person. The FFF Playbook will add more meaning and purpose to the fantasy season and add value to your league. Grow in your faith, build deeper relationships with other owners in the league, and make more of your fantasy season. Join us at FantasyFootballFellowship.org and find all the details and order the FFF Playbook today. That's FantasyFootballFellowship.org. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Rod Woodson, our guest right now. Well, talking about being a a father, I'm actually going to be a first-time dad in just a few weeks. And so I've been asking my my guests recently, what's maybe some some wisdom you can share to to me and any other first-time dad that's listening today? Because you've got to have some experience. You've got five of them yourself. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, yeah. well, first of all, um, just love them. Love them uh, unconditionally. Uh, They're going to make mistakes. Uh, Love them anyway. Uh, you don't have to like the choices that they make, uh, but you're still going to love them as, as your children. And, uh, you know, I was kind of using an example as that is your, and nobody really uses bar soaps anymore. So I don't even know if, if you've used a bar soap in your life, but the oh, old bar soaps that we all used to use when we were kids, you know, I use the examples that, you know, the, if you hold it too tight, it squirts out of your hand. Mm. If you hold it too loose, it slips through your fingers. But if you hold it just right, it works and it cleanses you. So I would say hold your children just right and God will do the rest. 
Amen. Oh, that's great advice. I love that. It's a, it's a good illustration uh, today as well. So I appreciate that. Well, well, Rod, I did want to ask you about your return to the NFL Network because you were an analyst, then you became a coach, and, and now you're, you're back with, with NFL Network. So what do you enjoy most about being an analyst, and, and how did that kind of process come about to, uh, to return to, to that role? Yeah, you know, so I, I work with the NFL Network and Westwood One. Uh, Westwood One is a national radio broadcast. Oh, yeah. On serious for the NFL game, so I do that too with Howard Dineroff. Um, But I, you know, for me, is that you know I built a really good relationship with the NFL Network. I built a great relationship with Howard, and and going back and working on air like that, first of all, it's a lot easier. It's less time constraint <laughs> than coaching, um, but you still get to give your view- viewpoints. And the probably the one thing you can do more often than not is that you can be wrong but you won't get fired like you do uh, <laughs> if you're an NFL coach. So <laughs> yep. it, was kind of, it, was, it was, it was, but it was really fun to go back. Cause you know, when I first, uh, when NFL first NFL network first started, I came in there in 2004, mm. the first full year for it. And I was there for eight years afterwards. Um, so it, it was fun to see it grow. It's still growing. Uh, they're doing a tremendous job over there of, of just talking football and having fun with it. So it's good to be back in that building uh, representing Christ on, this, on air and having fun with the guys off the air. That, that's awesome. Well, you, you do a great job. I'm, I'm glad to see you back on there and, uh, and cool to have your insight. And, and, and today, the, kind of the, the big story in the NFL right now is wondering, wait, could the league actually go to a, a season that has 18 games? So, so what do you think about that possibility, and, and, and what are some of the, the thoughts that come to mind for you? Well, I, I think if they, two things. I think if they're going to go to 18 games, uh, then they, the, the paychecks would have to increase to give them uh, two more regular season games money. So out of that $234 million each team received a couple of weeks ago, they would have to take a chunk of that and, and divide that up by whatever the players are making. And you got to add that to two more games. That's the first thing. So I don't know if they're going to, if they want to lose money. I mean, when you make millions and millions of dollars, really you don't like giving it away. <laughs> um, that's one. And then, and then secondly, I think if it's player safety, you know, we have a 53-man roster in the National Football League, but on game day, only 47 guys dress out. Mm. My argument has been for the longest is that all 53 guys uh, go against the cap, all 53 players' uh, contracts go against the cap, and every player that goes against the cap should dress out on game day. So if somebody gets hurt, now an office alignment can play his position. A tight end can play his position. A running back can play his position. A linebacker can play his position. You don't have to put him somewhere else where he really doesn't know. And now the likelihood of him getting hurt because he's second-guessing and he's hesitating increases. So, you know, if they do something like that, I, I mean, I, I would love to see them take the 53-man roster and everybody's active on game day, no matter if they stay at the 16-game schedule. But definitely if they go to 18 games, they have to increase – the bodies on the field, on the sideline, dressed out already, just to keep the players being safe. 
absolutely. No, that, that makes sense, and uh, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how they, they work all this out and what, where the discussion goes from here. Uh, but, Rod, man, really appreciate you joining us today on Unpacking It and, and appreciate you just sharing about your, your story and your, your love for Jesus and, and, and wish you the best now that you're moving to, uh, to, to Las Vegas and, and enjoy your time there and with your family and, and have a great rest of the summer. Well, I definitely appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. He's Rod Woodson, one of the best to ever play football and really one of our best guests that we've had on this show. So a real honor to talk with him and, and hopefully we'll get him back on the show at some point in the near future. And, and when I think about Rod Woodson, I have to think back to growing up playing the game primetime, the video game on Sega Genesis. It was Deion Sanders' game, and if you, I actually looked it up. The, the graphics on that game, to look at it compared to you know, Madden of, of today, it's, it's crazy. But Rod Woodson, during those days, he was ranked a 99. He was an awesome player on the video game because I used to love loading up and making trades to get as many 99s on my team. And, and so I think back as a young kid, Rod Woodson, he was one of those guys. So, uh, so fun to be able to talk to uh, a former video game hero of mine. And especially when you think about the, the Madden ratings came out this past week and everybody had a response and an opinion on who should have gotten that 99. But uh, hard to argue that, that Rod Woodson uh, was a 99 back then. So uh, one of the topics that we discussed with Rod Woodson was the, this whole conversation that really comes out each summer as owners are discussing you know, ideas for, for the league and, and how to make the NFL better and, and ultimately how to make more money. It's this idea of extending the season to have 18 games, which allows the league to have more revenue. And, and so everybody's got, you know, kind of a, a different thought on it. And the, the, the one kind of latest idea or version of the proposal is to have teams only allow their players to play 16 games. So the team would play 18 games, but the player could only play 16. And at first glance, it's like, wait, that's outrageous. Like, how could they, they possibly do that? And ultimately, it just won't work. Like, there, there's too much pushback on it. And really, I think it affects the fans too much because you can't show up to a game and, and not know if your star quarterback is going to play because they're going to end up sitting him that game and that will be his one week off. And, and you just can't have that. But when I take a step back for a moment and just pretend that this would happen, I find it really fascinating because I think it would be hilarious to, to watch teams try to figure this out throughout the season, to, to try to guess you know, which weeks they should sit their wide receiver and, and not sit their quarterback, or do they sit the quarterback and the wide receiver during the same week, and what do they do about their running back, and do you just say, okay, we're, we're playing the, the, the Bills this week or the Jets this week, and if you're the Patriots, you go, ah, we don't worry about it, we'll, we'll sit Tom Brady this week, or... Do you sit your whole defense that way? You know, there's just so many different ideas that go into it, and I always like more strategy because as a fantasy football owner and as the commissioner, I'm always thinking of new ways to add wrinkles to the league, to make it more competitive, to add more opportunities for strategy. And so I do think if there was the 16-game rule in an 18-game season, there would be new strategy, but ultimately – it just wouldn't weigh out the, the downsides 
to making that that move. And and so it just it would make things too complicated. And I think they'll come up with something better. And and actually, I, I started thinking about okay, we we got to get back to the the idea of having two bye weeks so you can extend the season, but just give teams more time off. And then I saw an article on theRinger.com by Riley McAtee, and the headline is, an 18-game NFL season doesn't make sense, but adding a second bye week does. And I really agree with the premise of this article, and I think this could ultimately work for the league. Now, they did try this back in 1993, and there was a lot of pushback. But but as the article writes, we've learned, the league has learned, how to incorporate bye weeks better than they did back then. Because it was kind of a new concept to even have one, and then they tried to add two. And so all these years later, with the understanding that you can spread those bye weeks out more, teams can, can you know, kind of divide up the season in, in different ways, uh, where you play a few games, then you get a break, and then you can play a few more, get another break, and then finish the season strong. I love it. But ultimately, as a fan and as a TV watcher, uh, I like the idea of having less teams playing every week. Now, some would argue, oh, you want as many possibilities for great games you know, out there. But I watch the Red Zone channel, and sometimes you know, when there's six games going on, I'm seeing all the highlights of all those games, and I'm catching a lot of action, and it is nonstop action. But I would actually like to see a little bit more of the buildup of different games so if I'm watching you know three or four games instead of five or six it's a little bit easier to consume and that's what I like as a fan so if you spread out the the games throughout an 18 week season I think that works so teams continue to play only 16 but you get two buys and and then you just have less games during those those specific bye weeks so check out the article I I tend to agree with the premise, and, and I think that there's a little bit more of a possibility surrounding that. Um, because the players and the owners can figure out how to split the money, where everybody wins, everybody can you know make more money. And then as fans, and even as fantasy owners, we can adapt, and, and we'll take another week of football. I don't think that we need another week of football. It's plenty long now, but if, if, if they are as greedy as they are, and they, they feel like there's a market for another week, I think it comes down to the viewing side of the revenue versus focusing on, oh, we've got to add two more weeks so that that teams are playing two more games. And then you're getting all the revenue from stadiums. I think you always got to think, the way things are going, to me, it's all about the the viewing. It's not just TV. It's it's streaming and everything that comes along with that. But I'm a red zone viewer. And so I, I still like to see as much action as possible but sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. But those four o'clock games, when there's only you know three, sometimes two games going on, it's basically back and forth, back and forth. That's a nice way to watch. It really is. And I, of course, go three TVs on Sundays, uh, so I always love that. But I'm intrigued by it all. I, I think it's interesting. Would love to know your thoughts. Uh, you can send me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com, Bryce at unpackingit.com. And so you extend the regular season by one week. You take one week away from the preseason. That week four is always kind of a, a waste anyway, and, and I think it ends up working out pretty good. So that, that's where I come out on it. Again, we'd love to know your thoughts. Bryce at unpackingit.com. All right, so coming up next, uh, we're going to do our segment, Unpack This, about the Kansas City Chiefs. 
And their offense last year was incredible, but their defense struggled. And so they made a change on defense, and they've tried to simplify things. And, and based on some of the OTAs and the offseason, there's already been a positive response to these changes. And, and so coming up, I'll explain how simplicity can relate to our own lives and specifically when it comes to our faith. Because oftentimes we make things so complicated, and we just got to get back to simplifying the truth. And so we'll get into that next it's Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Our website, unpackingit.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's time for our final segment of the day. We call it Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. Last season, the Kansas City Chiefs had one of the best offenses in the league, but their defense was one of the worst. They ranked 31st in total yards and 26th in points allowed per game. Because of this, head coach Andy Reid decided to make a change at defensive coordinator and brought in Steve Spagnola to coach that side of the ball. Every coordinator has their own style and philosophy to help maximize what their players can do on the field. And based on the offseason practices, the new approach has been a positive change. Theathletic.com has an article by Nate Taylor with the headline, Simple is Good. Anthony Hitchens finding comfort in new scheme after complicated, lackluster year under Bob Sutton. Hitchens, the Chiefs' star linebacker, said, simple is good for a lot of players. In speaking further about Spagnola's scheme, Hitchens said, once you get it down, everyone can play fast. It lets you run free a lot. Just like many coaches or players can overcomplicate the game of football with their fancy terms, complex schemes, and cumbersome game plan, we can do the same in life and even in our faith. We can allow ourselves to be so overwhelmed by the intricacies of the Bible or so bogged down by trying to do everything perfectly that we get discouraged and confused. Now, we should continue to grow in our understanding, but we want to stay rooted in what is simple. Solomon provides this simple wisdom in the Bible. When all has been heard, the end of the matter is, fear God, worship Him with awe-filled reverence, knowing that He is Almighty God, and keep His commandments. For this applies to every person. Just like football players can play freer when things are simplified, we can find tremendous freedom and joy when we allow God's simple truths to guide our lives. Today, when life feels complicated, let's rest in the grace available to us because of the simple yet profound truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let's remain focused on simply loving God and loving people. So I hope you're willing to unpack that for yourselves and really appreciate you joining me today. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio.